Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello and welcome to Season 2, Episode 21 of the Thistle Rugby Podcast, the only rugby podcast that cares about Scottish rugby. How are you guys doing? We have got our full starting lineup here, ready to talk about Scotland's win against France. To my right, there is Alan. How are you, mate? Hello. And Matt as well. How are you, pal? Yeah, I'm good, mate. A um, bit of a different feeling this Monday, but back of a victory. Feels it good. is absolutely great, and we're going to be uh, chewing through all the stats and the talking points from that Scotland victory against France. Thanks a lot for joining us on iTunes or on Acast or wherever you are finding your podcasts. Um, if you are listening to us on iTunes, please get on there. Leave us a review. Five stars. It really helps us get up the rankings. We um, are doing really well up against the gardening podcast, so we really want to get to number one in the hobbies section. Helping us get there, how about Jay Cullen um, says five stars, bloody brilliant. Very relaxed podcast, but also very informative. Great for Scottish rugby news and deeper discussions of the up-to-date news. So he really likes the news, does Jay Cullen. The news is my favorite bit, to be fair. I think our analysis is pretty budgeted. (laughs) (laughs) But we are very relaxed. Yes. Relaxed and informative. That should be our new strap line, actually. Okay, then. Okay. (laughs) No, that's a very relaxed response to that. Very good. Um, Well, before we get into the um, Scotland-France game, shall we have a look at the news and breaking news this Monday night coming out of Edinburgh Rugby. They've just put out the last half hour an announcement to say that the pudding, Duncan Weir, Jason Toby, um, Sam Hidalgo-Klein and Conor Dupria will all be leaving the club at the end of the season. Alan, what did you make of that? Should we, should we split it up a little bit? So Duncan Weir and Jason Tovey, two kind of playmakers in sort of the loosest sense of the word. <laughs> I thought it was a bit strange that Duncan Weir had gone off to Worcester because 
we basically don't have any tens apart from Van der Volt at the moment. So it seems strange to send someone that send someone away in a position where we've got a bit of an injury crisis. So I think once that happened, it was pretty clear he was going to go at the end of the season. And yeah, he's just he's just not been able to recapture some of that early form from back when he was about 21 years old that we kind of hoped he could get. Yeah, hopefully a change of scene and back under the stewardship of Alan Solomons. Oh, actually, he probably he never played under Solomons, did he? He would have had probably about, what, five or six games? Yeah. He when he got, yeah. And then he got culled. So he's done without... Well, the Worcester I mean, revolution marches on, being I mean, Exeter at Sandy Park. I mean, if there is any coach that is going to invigorate a young back's career, it is <laughs> Alan Solomons. It has got to be Alan Solomons. Okay, so that is the pudding. Jason Tovey, where, where do you reckon he could end up? No idea, maybe back in Wales. I, I know he wanted to um, qualify for Scotland on residency grounds, but I don't think that's going to happen anymore. And I, I, I don't think he'd like be it, in the it? mix. I think for a while, maybe he was seen as a potential backup standoff. But yeah, I, I have no idea. We Wales, ca- somewhere in France. We kind of need a backup standoff, to be fair. Um, yes. <laughs> but then you can develop like Pete Horn as a, a backup standoff and maybe Adam Hastings coming through as well. And isn't Hickey and aren't Hickey and Vandervoort being signed as residency players? Well, I think Vandervoort is because obviously he came in just before the break. But if Hickey is a project player, he must already have Scottish ancestry because if he doesn't, then it's going to take him five years before he have to play for Scotland. But I thought because he they announced the signing before the new residency rules came in. Oh, I just don't know. Who knows? It's uh, all yeah, let's not go down that rabbit <laughs> hole. Let's not go down the residency um, rabbit hole again. That is neither relaxed or informative. <laughs> <laughs> so, definitely not informative. We don't even know the rules. Um, okay, then. Um, so, Toby, we don't really know. Sam Hidalgo Klein. Matt, this is the George Street gossip that you picked up. He's off to Bristol, didn't, didn't you pick that up? That's what I heard. Back at days of Grand Cru gossip. Um, there's been a few clubs chucked about, maybe Bath as well, uh, or maybe even Newcastle, but I've heard Bristol from a pretty good source. And supposedly he was offered a deal, but he turned it down. Yeah, he's turned down the deal. Yeah, so they couldn't, they couldn't meet in the middle in terms of his value. I think it's a shame. I think that he, on his, on his day, is a far better player than Fowles, for example, and could be pushing for the Scotland squad, but for whatever reason, he's sort of fallen out of favour slightly, and they, they don't clearly value him as much as he thinks that he should be worth. And we'll talk about it later, but actually he, when he came off the bench on Friday night, he actually looked like a pretty cl- one of the classiest players in the pitch and was one of the people that sort of probably led Edinburgh to go and win that game. Br- Bristol could be a good move, you never know. Like playing in the Premiership could sort of be the spark that re- reignites things, but they don't exactly play a kind of style that Scotland are looking to play. So I wonder if he'll just be there just box kicking and that's about it. Where yeah. I think he's got I think, I think, a lot I think, more I think a move strength away to his bow. He needs to get out of town. He's been in Edinburgh from school right the way through the last sort of five years. He's been at the club as well. Change of scenery, hopefully, will do him good. And um, Conor Dupria has been dropped like a stone. Conor Dupria played badly against Wales and has now been fired from Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> and that is what happens. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, he'll surely pick up some, something, though. I think he'll go to France. I mean, he's got like a pull rain all over. Yeah, him. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Pulling a, mid- a big old length. contract. Yeah. And not doing that much. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely nothing. Yeah. He'll just get fat in the south of France, <laughs> having a bloody great time. Can't and, gels, and, he, gels. and he is winning. Yeah, he has definitely won. Okay, so we'll keep an eye on that um, and see if there's any announcements. I'm sure the rumour mill will be um, 
going mad over the next couple of days now that that announcement has been made. Sticking with Edinburgh, their plans to leave Myerside. It looks like their win against Leinster at the weekend might have been their last game at Myerside with rumours of the um, stands being picked up and moved to the Murrayfield back pitches. Lads, what do you think? I, I didn't know the second bit of that. I didn't know that the, the actual stands are being moved. Um, yeah, I, I think it could be a good idea. I think if they can sort of... Um, create sort of something like a conic sports grounder there or something then it could it could be good i remember I, you when they came to my side you were like imagine if they make it like conic sports yeah grounds. i know i couldn't <laughs> think of a proper analogy there so i just i just recycled the old one get a great greyhound running track around my side yeah exactly well that'd be another great way for the school to generate um <laughs> some money it, my only concern is it kind of just feels like another short-term solution without a long-term plan behind it yeah, unless they're going to make like proper infrastructure to make it. Everyone says, you know, it would be like Twickenham Stoop. I mean, but Twickenham Stoop's a proper ground. Yeah. Like, it's got... <laughs> yeah. Like, and it's not in the Twickenham ground. It's not really <laughs> next to Twickenham either. But, you know, that's the... the well, yeah. the Arms Park. The Arms Park, I was thinking yeah. that. But once again, that that isn't just some stands they've chucked up. That's been there for a while. Yeah, exactly. They're basically just wait, still waiting for the Edinburgh Academy stand to go up. And they're trying to see what budget grounds they can keep going around until that actually happens i think <laughs> yeah probably just keeping their options open so we'll keep an eye on an eye on that um back page of the mail on sunday stuart hogg is being court- courted as europe's first million pound player with a move to he's been linked to a move to montpellier to meet up with Vern cotter what do you think of that lads yeah i mean i i, I think the speculation is always going to be there with him Particularly after Russell Wen is getting paid, you know that amount of money, Hogg will be thinking. Particularly after Saturday, <laughs> I'm literally worth about triple that lad. Uh, Cotter obviously knows him well. Montpellier have the cash. I think it's probably inevitable, and maybe after the World Cup. Yeah, well, Hogg's contracts till May 2019, so he is like, I'm with you boys till the World <laughs> Cup, and then I'm going to make some serious wedge so I can move back to Hoyk, a very rich man. I think that's completely fair. And just churn out Johnson baby adverts for the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe then you'll get some bigger deals, though. Yeah, I know. Well, if he goes to Montpellier, he'll have to do like some office work on the side for Altrad. Yep. Maybe like a couple yep. of shifts on a construction site or something <laughs> like that. You I think he'd be to. good at that. Yeah, he would be quite good, actually, yeah. Second fair. career. Fair Vern, enough. Vern's um, Cotter's last revenge is going to take Hogg and make him terrible. <laughs> <laughs> um, more Glasgow news announced today. Uh, George Horn has extended his contract at the Warriors until 2019. That is a very good bit of business in my eyes. What do you think, lads? It's okay business, in its, but I just oh, kind of wish it would have been longer. You know, If you're going to sort of do a re-signing with George Horn, who was already in place till 2018, it seems strange to just add another year onto it and put it on until 2019. I think, I think in the last sort of five months, he's shown that he has the quality to not only just be Ali Price's backup, but be challenging Ali Price for that Glasgow shirt. Yeah, um, And so it, it seemed a little bit strange to only give him that one-year contract, especially when they signed up Matt Ferguson for three years. Although you could say it's George Horn maybe knowing that with Ali Price and the team, he's not going to be the number one scrum half and sort of keeping his options open. Was, was he on a full-time contract before he signed this one? I don't know, to be I'm honest. Just, I wonder if he was on a sort of 
an academy style contract and they've just sort of yeah i think they, got, and they had, I think an, they had off, an option i think I he got know. a full contract at the end of last year and i've just dropped my phone on the ground so <laughs> continue on while i pick that up it's screened down so i don't know if it's going to be smashed or not it is not smashed and that <laughs> that's is, a good news great radio um, <laughs> george horn are we done with him uh, yeah i think so i, I think he'll get a scotland cap in the summer yeah i think so I mean, tour, tour to North America? Yeah. yeah. If there's any tour where you've got to get some youngsters in a year before the World Cup, I feel like George Horn and Matt Ferguson. I mean, can- Canada have just been knocked out by, I think, Uruguay. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and one final bit of news. This was on the back page of the Mail on Sunday as well, that the Scotland players are going to set up a new sort of Scotland Players Association and renegotiate their international deal. I think they've been hearing an awful lot about England players getting paid 22, is it 22 grand or 25 grand again? I I had 23 in that article. Uh, Scotland Scotland are on five. And Scotland are on five, so you can imagine. I know that, you know, an England match will sell a lot more tickets and is more lucrative, but not by that amount. Surely. You'd still want 10 grand, wouldn't you? That'd be nice. Yeah. I mean, it's not like they're like Samoa. They're doing all right. I mean, they're still doing all right, yeah. But yeah, I think when you see the guy across from you getting four and a half times what you're getting, and also they were saying that Scotland's the only union that doesn't have a players' union. Which seems very strange. But, I mean... I, I wonder if it's... Yeah, just because it, all, it is so, all so centralised at the SIU that they actually sort of... The, wel- the welfare side, they, they do quite a good job. I don't S- know. Scott Johnson's just a horrible neoliberal capitalist. Ref- hates <laughs> unions. Re- refuses to allow why, them. That is why he's there. Yeah, that's why he's that's there. That's why he's there. Yeah, makes God, sense. Finally, finally got to the bottom <laughs> of that. So we'll keep an eye on that. I think they probably deserve a bit of a pay rise. Um, any other news? Yeah, one little other piece, which I just think is quite a cool story, is Murray Douglas, who we've both, me and Matt have both played with at Scottish unis back in the day, and has gone from Aberdeen Grammar to Harriet's one cap for Edinburgh Rugby, did you yeah, get? Yeah. Melbourne Rebels, and was playing in the final of the Brisbane 10s for the Hurricanes against the Blues with Julian Severe. That is class. And, and he's in the full Super Rugby Hurricane squad for the <laughs> upcoming season. Yeah. It's Super absolutely rug- mad. Super Rugby starts next week as well. Yeah. Be great to see him get a run around. Yeah. Fingers crossed. All right. Well, let's finish up there. And um, why don't we go to Murrayfield on Sunday? I was there. It was an unbelievable atmosphere for Scotland's win against um, France. And uh, what a victory it was. Um, the other big victory of the day for the Thistle card machines at Murrayfield lads congratulations I mean how good were, were they good were they working they were it was actually very annoying I got cash out before <laughs> I, I didn't get I didn't get an opportunity to use them but um it was, it was great to see you know genuine euphoria it's Mate. great to see uh, once machines. again our campaign has, has borne dividends that's it's, influence. It's, it's great to see they wouldn't have been there without I no. don't think they would have been there they the hurt hoosh. we've really uh, turning the SRU into a commercial machine <laughs> via this podcast. Um, right, on the Scotland game, I want to start with a quote from Stuart Hogg, and this was in his piece with Mark Palmer on Sunday morning, and he said, in terms of a plan B, yes, there is a plan B, but we believe our plan A works on its day. The same people that have been criticising us will be jumping on the back of us next week and praising us once we've got a good win. Safe to say we were probably pretty um, negative about Scotland last week. Are we praising them this week, or do you think there's some room for some negativity as well? 
I mean, the first half was pretty shocking. Typically, <laughs> the first sort of 20 minutes, and you're thinking, surely this is not happening again. Um, it and was just once again, it, it just seems as if Scotland weren't playing sort of test match Six Nations rugby. It was really inaccurate. They looked pretty sort of rudderless in terms of what they wanted to do. And they just didn't look at the races in terms of sort of setting the defensive line, a lot of missed tackles. So I think from that point, you can, you can be fairly critical. Very good. Alan? I mean, you can always be critical. We can always be critical, but of why Scotland. don't we... But I've got written down on my order sheet that we're going to try and do positives first. I would say that I felt for the first 60 minutes, it came across that both teams were trying to lose that game. <laughs> <laughs> and only... and. I actually don't think he played that well. But when Laidlaw moved to 10, it was kind of like, right, let's just get this done and finish this off. And they did. So let's take that sort of um, backhanded compliment <laughs> to uh, Greg Laidlaw there, Alan. And why don't you, Matt, start us off with some positives. Come on. There is some positives in a victory against France. Yeah, definitely. I, I think that... At the end of the match, that's what I was thinking. You know, we hardly ever beat France. So, you know, that that's great. Win a win is a win. Yeah. And exactly. particularly so off that's, the back of a that's probably the main positive that the the campaign's back on track. I think a few players stood out individually in the forwards. I thought that um Hamish Watson was very good in the loose in terms of his, his ball carrying. I thought both the second rows, uh Gray and Gilchrist were really, really effective in everything they did. And even BBT when he came on was pretty good. Um, I thought McAnally once again showed up so well on the loose. Yeah, the line out had a few kind of wobbles, but nothing like nothing like Wales. He only lost only lost one this was week. Was it only though. one? Okay. So pretty um, good. How good? Simon Bergen. And Simon Bergen. I never yeah. thought we would be sitting here saying that Simon Bergen. You got in um, Planet Rugby shift. Planet Rugby's team of the week. Bergen's a good sort of rugby player. It's always been his sort of scrummaging and kind of a bit more of the dirty work. I've been a little bit worried with him. And I think in that game, he got the opportunity to kind of get his hands on the ball quite a lot. Yeah, I, I never really thought of him like that. I thought of him as just, he sort of wasn't one or the other. He okay. wasn't like a powerhouse scrummager and he wasn't incredible in the loose. He was just a bit kind of okay at everything. Yeah. But maybe he's the sort of better all rounder that we've given him credit for. The one thing I was just thinking about is in the Six Nations, Scotland are now five games unbeaten at home. Which sort of going back to your point of just beating France and just generally getting that sort of fortress Murrayfield, which is a phrase I hate generally. But I mean, when do you think the last time was yeah. that we went unbeaten five home games in a row? Yeah. And just getting kind of the players and the, and the fans as well just used to actually winning. Yeah, And the, atmos the atmosphere was absolutely class. Um, the first 20 minutes was really, really strange when, you know, we're 10 points down and you're thinking, Christ, this is, this is like Cardiff Mark II. And it's, yeah. you're sitting there, it's freezing cold, it's like a funeral, and the Marseillaise is just like ringing around the stadium and you're just like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> yeah. Because the French fans, are, they're great and they're really vocal, and, but it felt like a France home game for like the first 10 minutes. Um, and then, yeah, it just seemed that the crowd really got forward. I think the, the turning point for the fans getting involved was that quite slick back move, probably about 15, 20 minutes in, with which Hogg ended up sort of nudging through. Yeah. And we got yeah. that, um, forced Wales into a defensive line-out on their five-metre line. And that's when I sort of felt a little bit of a change where we thought, okay, at least 
you know, we're, we've, we're at the races, we're going to be in this game. Mm. Who, do you think was, um, who do you think was good in the backs? Well, I was just going to say that it's just shown that Hugh Jones is a 13. He's not a 12. That line, though. Oh, it's incredible. And he was just really good in general. But I think he had a couple of drops, but he's just such a dangerous player. And he just is the kind of guy that Scotland haven't had in a long time who seemingly can create something out of nothing. Yeah, completely agree on Hugh Jones. Thought Maitland had a solid game. Really solid. I think in defence, you know, obviously the one time that Terry Thomas made his break, Maitland had actually sort of had got brought in because I think the ball had been bounced and he sort of come in to sort of take out the man. Um, but apart from that, he sort of was really assured under the high ball and actually made quite good yards when he got the ball. Yeah, he was decent. Which was sort of good to see. I'd been a little bit w- worried about him since sort of thought he was a bit off the pace in the Autumn Internationals and hadn't played that much for the mm. Saracens, but good that he was able just to sort of slot in. What did you make of um, Pete Horn at 12? I was just going to say, I thought in the first half, he was pretty anonymous. I, I thought that he was playing against some, some big 12s and he couldn't, um, 12 and 13 for France, and he, he couldn't quite assert himself on the game. And he didn't really get much of the ball, to be honest, and he couldn't, didn't really show what he can do. But then in the second half, he was far better. I thought he was getting his hands on the ball a lot more and actually being quite direct, which you maybe don't expect from him. But that was what Scotland needed at the time. And I think that Laidlaw, because Laidlaw is not like a Russell the play just shifted out one man and that actually created a bit more room when we did put the ball wide. Yeah, absolutely. It felt that that, um, that tactical change it really sort of struck home when the, the, when the subs came on. It seemed that that was when we started getting over the gain line, giving the forwards something to aim at. We were getting a little bit of quicker ball. Um, Alan, cover your ears. I thought Dent Wheezy was... Really, really excellent, including his haircut when he came on. <laughs> um, he looks like a different player. He looks leaner. He looks more athletic. Like he looks quicker on his feet, and he can still carry. And I, I thought him getting over the game line, because one of my biggest concerns is that is the second week in a row when John Barkley and Hamish Watson have come off second best at the breakdown. So Dent Weezy does a job. He, he doesn't do it amazingly. He doesn't do it like particularly, he's not a particularly smart player, but I agree that in the absence of anyone else to mm. do that, he, he actually has a very valuable role to play in that Scotland team. I just kind of wish he'd run less at people. And more at space. And more at space, because he seems to really zero in on people quite a lot and really sort of actually go for that Bosch when he's actually a big and quite quick guy. Mm. Like, to be honest, in comparison to Conor Dupree, he's relatively quick. Conor Dupree doesn't have that speed, so he needs to sort of go at people. Um, but I, I agree on the sort of Barkley and Hamish Watson point. I think was Hamish Watson had a, a really good game in terms of ball in hand. I think he's consistently sort of getting over the game line. Barkley struggled a little bit, but at the breakdown, a lot of pens were given away on both sides, but yeah. the French seemed to be sort of, especially in the first 60 minutes, so just... Mm getting the upper hand in terms of, yeah, I just sort of run, run the ball. Very good. Okay, um, well, let's keep on this uh, negative train we're on. What, who else did you think or what else do you think didn't go particularly well for, uh, for Scotland despite the, uh, despite the victory? Do we have to talk about him? Yeah, I mean, that was going to be my first one, that what do we do about Finn Russell? Okay, that, that, that is two games in a row and maybe a few club games as well where... He's not played that well in the past few months. And actually against France, I thought he was 
pretty shocking. Some big errors. His kicking out of hand was really, really bad. He can't kick. He can't. <laughs> but he can. He can though. Well, I know he can. Aw- yeah, but they were <laughs> awful. And the two kicks that he missed a touch, that is criminal. It was actually, it was quite embarrassing. Yeah. There were small pockets of the crowd, mainly me and my brother, that were booing him. When he, um, <laughs> that is sacrilege. No, come on. There oh, was come a few, on, that's quite There was bad. a lot of the real, when he missed the second one on the left-hand side, or the left-hand side as I was looking at it, um, he, uh, the, the crowd were really, really like quite angry about it. And that was bef- just before he got hooked. Like, yeah, I, I don't... I don't, yeah, I don't basics. condone booing from Leslie's, but <laughs> I think the crowd were well within the rights to get angry. And I think that he didn't, you know, we, his strength is running with the ball in hand and putting people into space and creating stuff. And the fact is, he wasn't doing that either. So when the kicking's going wrong and that's not firing, and just things like missing touch because he's going for an overly ambitious kick, that is quite frustrating, particularly for your forwards in a game that was tight. Yeah, I think you can forgive those mistakes when he's creating brilliance, Mm. but the point is, is for two games in a row, he hasn't been doing that. And actually, they had a highlights reel of the Wales game, of of his moments in the Wales game before the match, and it was actually a lot worse than I remembered in the stadium. (laughs) Like, so many interceptions. And I know he likes to play on the game line, and that actually does create... You know a lot of those tight situations, but he's just he's just not getting it right at the moment, and I don't know if it is a m- mental thing with him. So to answer your question, then Matt, what do we do about Finn? He's come on, he's got to start against England. No, I still think he's got enough credit in the bank, and I, I wonder if there is a temptation to change things up. But I just don't think putting Laidlaw would be the right thing to do. I think we still need to attack as a team, and I think it, hopefully throughout this tournament the attack starts to fire because it hasn't at all yet and Not considering really, Scotland no. has been vaunted as like the team that plays the quickest form of rugby and it is probably the most attacking team that's a bit disappointing and he's the guy to make that happen and you think back to the to the autumn of Australia and New Zealand where he played really really well he's definitely got enough credit in the bank you never know with him he could pull an absolute blinder in, in the next match I mean the, what are the options though Pete Horn, Greg Laidlaw if plan B is Laidlaw at 10, Scotland have some issues, I would say. <laughs> we, I mean, when was the last time that Laidlaw played 10? Maybe three years ago? Yeah. Um, it longer ago than that, It's been a long time ago. Yeah. He played not. 10 in that famous win in Australia in, uh, the, in the rain. And didn't he play 10 in 2014 at the Wales game that you guys went to? So probably about four years ago. Yeah, probably about four years ago, yeah. And it, the fact that... Did they, did they not say in the press that they'd only practice with Laidlaw at 10 the morning before the game? In the in, car park. In the car park. In so the they car chucked park. a bit around in the car park in the morning. Excuse me? It makes me think that something in Russell's demeanour must have spooked them because it, does, it doesn't feel mm, that that is a planned thing to do. It's almost like they were worried and they were like, we need to, we need to do yeah, a run Yeah, come on, through. let's just chuck it around the park, lads. And like, what is going on? be banter if we put Laidlaw to 10. Yeah, wouldn't it be funny? Greg is like, lads, wouldn't it be funny if we just do a couple of runs with Laidlaw at 10? But, you know, I, I mean, look, Laidlaw is not a 10. And no. he's not an international 10. Um, no. And he one, is, I would say, an, a quite a good international 9, though. Would you keep him at night? You can't really drop him now for England, can you? Um, I mean, they won't. And, I mean, I guess... Let's let's 
take his goal kicking aside, did you think he had a good game? Um, I thought I thought he played quite well. I think that, um, particularly when Scotland started to play a bit better and got a lot more control, he dictates quite a lot of that. I think. Yes, I, 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 that's that's not that sort of difficult, is it? Slowing things down, but actually, you could see right at the start of the second half, Tanzania and Cleveland, look, lads, we just need to like carry in close, get a bit of territory, get over the game line, and he was the one that seemed to be dictating that. Ali Price probably could do that. Yeah, but it's maybe not his instinct. His instinct is more to sort of speed things up, and maybe forwards aren't set, for example. Yeah, no, it's interesting, and I, I think you're you're probably right. Now. I I thought Laidlaw had an okay game. I thought his kick, his box kicking was okay. Yeah, it was okay. His passing mm. was okay, and I think you're right. I think he probably did slow a little bit down in the second half. I thought that he would have asserted a little bit more dominance over the backs in the first half just because of how senior he is as a player. How do you mean? I felt, I felt like, you know, Russell ran that back line in the first half, ran it really, really badly, <laughs> but Russell was clearly the leading figure in that back line. I see. Whereas I thought Laidlaw would have taken a little bit more control over it. Um, but yeah, mm. I think Russell has enough cash in the bank. I think the question is, when, do, at what point does Russell bank account go empty <laughs> wow wow we, we have wow. That, really milked that metaphor dry wow when does he hit his overdraft I like that. I've, I've got one more wider point about the whole thing that i was thinking it was great to get the win but they won that game just through penalties and grinding it out and taking advantage of mistakes which is fine you play what's in front of you but that's the scotland of old so it's grinding out games at is home. Is it the Scotland of old? The Scotland of old but it is lost though. there. Well, quite possibly. But in terms of the style of in terms of the style of rugby, that is the Scotland of old. I think what we saw was plan A and a half. I think like they started out, they were chucking it around. We still scored two tries in the first half, which, you know, that Scotland of old didn't do at all. Yeah. And then I was actually really buoyed by the fact that sixty minutes, it took us until the seventieth minute to get into the lead. Mm. Like the fact that we never let them get more than 10 points ahead. We always kept them, um, we were kicking the points. I seriously question if Laidlaw hadn't been on the park, whether we would have kicked for the corner a little bit more rather than taking the three points. I think plan A got us to, kept us within touching distance. And then I thought, right, we're going to win this. And that is when Laidlaw took, um, took control. Okay, fine. Well, that's maybe a mentality thing, which is good. But just talking about the playing style and how you actually approach the match. Scotland, Gregor Townsend doesn't want Scotland to be playing that second half of rugby throughout the rest of the Six Nations. But that's arguably, judging by the evidence of the weekend, how you win matches. I think there's, there's a balance. I think we some, we on this pod. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365 day returns romanticized the sort of this new glasgow scottish brand of rugby and i think it has its place and i think also what happened at the end of the game on sunday also has its place mm. and i think the point about being a good team whether you're sort of new zealand new zealand will sometimes play the greg the, the gregor laidlaw way and they'll sometimes play like they did in the 70th minute and just close out a game because that's what needs to be done. And I think the point is being able to play both ways. Mm. Yeah, um, I, I, I'm heartened by... I think the first half we were terrible, as you said right at the top. I mean, I would rather that we win. The 65,000 people that were at Murrayfield would rather that we win. You know, we still scored 32 points. Mm. Like, it's, a, it's a decent performance. It's not a, it's not a you know, Chris Patterson-esque... Um, I guess your point is, is it a short-term solution? Well, it's what we talked about with Hammond Laidlaw yeah. in there, overpriced, for example. And actually, if you know, if Glasgow Warriors are going to play how they're doing and the bulk of this team is going to be from the Glasgow Warriors, maybe do we just accept that there's going to be teething problems? Mm. But yeah. this style of play is the only way we're going to be actually challenging to win a World Cup or challenging to win the Six Nations. Mm. Big, big, big questions. Big questions. questions. <laughs> Completely agree. Only um, Scott Johnson knows. Yeah, only Scott, Scott Johnson. Only Scott Johnson. And hopefully you'll tell us one day. Um, right. Okay, so what changes based on the match at the weekend and possibilities of, let's say, Richie Gray coming back, Alex Dunbar coming back. We've heard a little bit that Xander Fagerson might be in and around selection in two weeks' time with that extra week off. What changes would you like to see made? I think bring in Dunbar. I have a suspicion that England will bring in Teal mm. and yeah. just run it well, and just run it quite hard at sort so. of Laidlaw, Russell, and potentially Horn. Even despite that decent performance by Horn yesterday, what he offered, maybe that second playmaker role, his left boot. Do you still think Dunbar comes straight in ahead of him? I don't think Horn didn't even kick that much. He kicked it once and it was really good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> whilst Dunbar had a relatively poor game against England last year in defence, I think Dunbar still brings something more to that back. Particularly if they pick Teo, who's not going to gas him. Yes, correct. I think I, I'd agree with that. I yeah, think, I'd, um, I'd bring in Dunbar. I wouldn't. I'm not sure I'd make any other changes in the back line, though. I think Laidlaw's going to start. I worry about Finn, not just because of Twickenham last year, but you see the number that England did on Rhys Patchell on um, 
Saturday. Very similar mentality to Finn. And they targeted him and he was out of the game. Wasn't didn't manage to play his creative game at all. And England know that they can do that. They did it to Finn last year and he absolutely capitulated. So that that is a massive concern for me. But I can't advocate anything other than starting no. Finn Russell. I think, yeah, moving to the forwards. I think there's an argument for putting in Batty instead of Reed. Gordy Reed did look pretty off the pace, but held that scrum up against a massive French pack. <laughs> the scrum was a complete joke. They were <laughs> on their knees, every single scrum, genuinely. And Lacey, after the first one, where I think he penalised Reed. He just like, port, do you want port, to have yeah. your little moan about Lacey? I thought he's, he's just annoying. And he, <laughs> a, a, he's annoying, which maybe colours my view. B, I just thought some of his calls were absolutely bonkers. There's one point when he, he had a penalty for France and they put it through about 10 phases. They clearly said advantage over. And then Laidlaw stripped the ball from Vakatawa and he went back for the penalty. There was one point where Mashno had the ball stuck in the ruck for like 15 seconds and Lacey was shouting him for about 10 of those saying use it. So I just thought he was rubbish. Do you feel better after that? Get out, uh, the, get out of the system. I mean, you made me do it. So. <laughs> you were saying the forwards. Any changes for England? Gilchrist got to stay. I would. I wouldn't put Gray in. I'd stick with Gilchrist. I don't. I'm not even sure I put Gray in. Uh, BBT looked pretty good when he came on. I thought Gilchrist and BBT both played well enough. If they're to, fit as well. If they're fit to retain their places. Um, it was amazing how much the Edinburgh players were the standouts in that pack. Mm, yeah. McAnally, Bergen, Gilchrist and Watson. Probably yeah. your best players and the best players for getting over the game line as well. Maybe Fagerson on the bench? But I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't start him ahead of Bergen. No, I think Bergen's probably done enough to, to stick with that. I would be, depend, depending on how fit he is and how he comes back to camp, I'd be tempted to start Richie Gray just because he's a couple of stone heavier mm. than Gilchrist. And England's Gilchrist pack is, is big, man. He is a, he's, I know he's a big boat, but Richie Gray is absolutely massive. He is bigger. He is bigger. He's like 21 stone. Yeah, but like Vahamina's like the biggest man alive and he's fucking shit. <laughs> <laughs> quite I, like, I quite like Vahamina. <laughs> but I, I think Gilchrist had an absolutely brilliant standout game for Scotland on Sunday, but... I know. I don't I, know. Maybe I'm just romanticizing Richie Gray, but I just think he can do and has done everything that Grant Gilchrist did on Sunday, and he's a couple stone heavier. Yeah, I, I just don't see how you can give Gilchrist that starting place, and it's almost like this is your opportunity to play to sh- to to shine him play that well, mm. him play that well, and then not play in the next game. He's kind of it's professional sport. Richie can't be fit anyway. Have a heart, mate. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Rich, Richie, Richie surely How much you fit. love Grant Gilchrist? <laughs> I love Grant Gilchrist, mate. Are we putting in Dent Weezy at eight? Uh, I would, but... Well, well, thus we return to the great Ryan Wilson um, debate. Oh, God. Which was sparked on Twitter today. Lots of defenders of Ryan Wilson, which you don't usually see. Well, I yeah. thought he was all right. I didn't think he was amazing, but I thought he was. it was one of his better performances in the Scotland shirt. But well, we were I saying... Th- saying this about Grieg, about how he sort of polarises people. And actually, Ryan Wilson seems to be in that similar mm. bracket where there is people, namely myself and Matt, who <laughs> aren't particular fans. No, I'm not either. But there is a sort of subsect on Twitter that are sort of ultimate Ryan Wilson... Particularly Glasgow fans. But yeah. 
I just think the, the problem with Ryan Wilson is that what we saw in the last 20 minutes for Scotland when they looked their best was when they were getting over the gain line consistently and putting the French, pa- French pack under pressure and getting penalties. Ryan Wilson doesn't make, doesn't make that gain line... He doesn't do it. He doesn't do it in the same way that Dent Weezy can do it. it, it and I'm, I'm just a big... I believe that Scotland need that extra go-forward yeah. man in that yeah. pack. And I think he only gave away a couple of penalties at the, at the weekend, but... You know, Wilson can always go. I mean, he, he. I was looking at stats today. He had quite a few carries. His carrying actually he did a couple of good carries off um, restarts, but then in open play, I don't think he really did anything with the ball. He beat zero defenders, made zero clean breaks, didn't have any offloads, and I just thought, I mean, he's just not a number eight. I don't think. I think he's a six yeah. or a seven or whatever you do. And then I thought, yeah, obviously, as I said, as we said, Denton played very well when he came on. But I wonder if that's because he had like 20 minutes. Yes. But to be like, mate, here's the ball, just run. Yeah. That's what you need to do. Everyone else will hit rucks for you and try and win the ball back. You just carry. I suppose and it I wonder was if 80 minutes, he brings enough beyond that. Yeah, it was against a tiring French pack as well, I suppose. Yeah. They are so unfair. Yeah, they are so unfair. <laughs> but the thing, how ridiculous was the pace again for the first 20 minutes exactly like scotland wales like the ball was just was not mad. going out of play yeah but well, as as you were saying for better or worse scotland watching scotland you have the most open for a neutral oh yeah like absolutely. interesting interesting matches absolutely i mean a as i said because they tackle like dicks but <laughs> they, and they don't kick it and they don't kick it and i think for neutrals i, th- I generally think new zealand and scotland are by far the two best international teams <laughs> to watch for slightly different reasons. <laughs> yeah. um, all right. Any other changes? No. Nah. I mean, I'm still gonna, I'm gonna double down, and I think that we need ball carriers, and I would, I would be prepared to drop John Barkley to get a ball carrier in that back row. You want a back row of Dent, Weezy, Strauss, and Magnus Brabbery? That's what I Just want. I want literally. gain line, gain line, <laughs> gain line. Never win the ball. Never make any tackles. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> no line outs. One absolutely knackered by the end of it. No, I, I think I think Barkley does that work that we don't really see. But I just feel that we've not, you know, won. We've not really dominated that breakdown mm-hmm. like we did last year. Um, okay, so that is that for the France game. Win is a win. Look forward to the England game in two weeks' time. Alan, should we do a, you've got a wee quiz for us, haven't you? Yeah. I mean, I've got the quiz. You, people have been ripping into the quizzes. And I know I haven't been prepping well enough. I've been my, rushing my, them. My dad is unimpressed <laughs> with the quiz. Your dad's been giving me abuse. It's, it's, <laughs> it's not great. But look, I'm coming in. I've got kind of like Scotland-France caps quiz coming at you. So Come on then, let's get going. Right, nice news kick off. How many times have Scotland beaten France in the 21st century? Um, okay. Second question. When Scotland beat France in 2006, who were the two <laughs> people to score points that day? Um, okay. And when Scotland beat France in 2006, who, who played in the centre? Who played in Hold the on, si- for, who scored the points just for Scotland in 2006? Who only for Scotland in 2006? Okay, okay the two people scored for Scotland in 2006. And then who played in the centres for Scotland in 2006? I mean, this was a classic centre combination. Was it? <laughs> I mean, they definitely racked up 30 games together, three wins. It was. I think I've got it. Mm. And it is 
extremely undynamic. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting one. Of all the Scotland players who had over 60 caps, two people had plus 50% win records. Who are those two people? Got Sorry, to think. What, in 2006? No, no, no. I've moved on in to In total. In total. Ever. So, of all the Scotland players who have over 60 caps, yeah. there's about 20. Two of them have a, fifth, have a plus 50% win record. For Scotland or in their entire career? For Scotland. What? Two players. Now, let's remember Mike Blair had 24%. So, let's think about time periods. So, we've got to come into the new, the new era or the old era. Oh, my God. I, I'm at sixes and sevens here. I don't really know. So, p- plus 50% win record. Two and plus 60 caps. So, a couple of Can legends. Can you give us a clue? Game. Um, bah, 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 bah. Uh, both backs. Okay, oh. both backs. Okay. Last question. I don't, I don't even have anything for that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just moving things on. I'm gonna have to. Two two legends of the game. Okay. All the people that we call Scotland legends definitely don't have 50% win records. I think I've got one. I think I've got one of them. Oh, okay. Maybe two. Starting 15 on Sunday. Yeah. Five players have 40 caps or more after that game. Who are they? Okay. Just for Scotland, yeah. Just for Scotland. Just for Scotland. Right, first question. How many times have Scotland beaten France in the 21st century? Haven't played, each, haven't played each other at all outside the Six Nations. Three. Davos? Four. It is three. Oh, I changed it from three. 06, really 06, 2014 and 2016. Never, uh, haven't won at the one in France's 99. What? Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, okay. Right, two point scorers in the all sixth win. Sean Lamont, Dubly tries. Sean Lamont and Dan Parks. Who have you got? Chris Patterson. Two points for Davos. Chris Patterson oh, taking the yes. points. Shit. <laughs> I'm very happy with that. Um, centers on that day, the classic combo. I've got Graham Morrison and Marcus Derulo. Who have you I've got, got the same. Uh, we've both got one. Andy Henderson was at 12. Oh, <laughs> Goofy. Classic Goofy. Can't believe it. How bad. How bad. How far having, have we come? I was having a look at the team. Hugo Southwell at fullback. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a good old, good old little squad. All the big names. I think Gavin Kerr was starting at prop. Of course he was. Classic Leeds tight legend. Good man. Um, right. Two Scotland players with over 60 caps. Have all a fifty percent plus fifty percent win record. Who are these two legends? <laughs> I I'm I, I got all over the place in this one. Stuart Hogg. Uh, Gav Hastings is one. Oh Christ! So we're going back. That makes more sense. <laughs> and the other one is Andy Irvin. No. Oh. Dave, do you want to pop in? Pop in, just... Um, 
No, I don't know. Scott Hastings. Oh, Scott Hastings. <laughs> <Bloody heck. laughs> Come on. <laughs> wow, that was really wow. bad. I, I didn't. I, I couldn't quite get my head around it. I'm really sorry. I was. I didn't. I couldn't be like Watson's leg. Yeah, could yeah I? exactly. <laughs> that would have been help. That would have been helpful. Uh, right. On Sunday, five players had. Well, after the game, had forty or more caps. Okay. Who are those five players? Greek. Greek with 60. I have Greek as well. John Barkley. John Barkley is the top with 68. Got Barkley. Who else you got? Hog. Hog is correct. I have Hoggy as well. 57. Mm, I feel really bad about this one that I've got now, actually. Why? Rambo? <laughs> no. <laughs> He's at like eight. <laughs> I don't know why I think he's had loads. <laughs> I generally don't know why I thought he'd had loads. You've lost him. You've lost it, man. You've lost the plot tonight, mate. It's getting late, tough. but... It was really tough. Come on. Um, Maitland. No. Oh, Maitland. what? Really? Maitland's a no. Davos, come over the top. <laughs> come over the top, yeah. Alex Dunbar. He wasn't was even playing, Oh, my God. Sorry, I generally have... I generally have lost my mind. Um, <laughs> Tommy Seymour. Tommy Seymour is Sorry, one. God. Oh, is that one? You're equal. Going I, in. I had Johnny Gray. Johnny Gray's the last one. I had Johnny Gray. All right, so it's a draw. I, I really win overall. lost my mind there. Right. I mean, sorry? I won overall, right? Yeah, I mean, Dave lost his mind. Yeah. I, also li- <laughs> I also lied. I didn't have Johnny Gray. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, all's fair in love and war, isn't it? Right. Let's talk about the pro teams then. Buddy. Yeah, come on, let's get some pro teams done. Thanks, mate, that was good. Alan, thank you very much for that quiz. I like that, <laughs> I like that. Um, We're going to start with Edinburgh, Glasgow. Yeah, let's start at Edinburgh. What a win against um, Leinster on Friday night at Fortress Myerside. If it is to be the last <laughs> game at Myerside, what a way to, uh, to sign off. 29 points to 24 with Mark Bennett getting the... Um, the winner in the 78th minute. That is, that's a great result. Yeah, it's good. It, it, it looks a little bit more dramatic than it actually was just because they've been given the penalty. So that's obviously why they went for the chip kick in like the last yeah, yeah, yeah. So it looks like this really like daring <laughs> final act yeah. with like Mark Bennett going in under the post, but they had the penalty to go if they, if they needed it. But yeah, I mean, 100% a game that Edinburgh would have lost under Solomons. Absolutely. No, no doubt. No, like, not even, not really even competed, I would have thought. Yeah. And the thing was, to be honest, Leinster dominated quite a lot of the game, but it was actually quite a lot of Edinburgh's doggedness and sort of defence that kept them in that game and gave them the opportunity to come back and win, which isn't something that we, which you could probably say a lot about Cockrell's teams historically, but you couldn't have said about Edinburgh historically, which is, you know, just great to see. And that's Cockrell now. 14 wins from 20 matches. It's, <laughs> it's amazing, incredible. isn't it? I know, you've, you, within that, you've got some... 70% recruiting. You know, the, king, the Kings and Krasnyar and whatnot. And well, we play what's in front of you. I mean, that's and you've beaten Leinster. So. And it puts them in a decent position. They're, I think, three points behind Ulster in their pool, going to the, what's it called now, the Kingspan Stadium next Friday to play that in what looks to be a, a pretty decisive fixture in the, in the run-in for the playoffs. And they've got um, to play each other twice. They've still got to play each other. They've got to play each other twice. Yeah. Um, I mean, what Matt? You've got Edinburgh's running up uh, in front of you. How is that looking? What do you think of their chances of getting through to that playoff? Well, I think this this next Ulster match is, is massive. The fact that the Kingspan is going to make it pretty difficult. But after that, you know, you've got Dragons away. I mean, fair enough. 
Glasgow drew with them at the weekend, but you like to think to win that. Munster at home, you know, it's a home match. Uh, Connacht away once again. At, um, they're playing that at the big house. They're, they're playing, playing at Murrayfield. Oh, it, yes, they are. Murrayfield, yeah. That's interesting. Uh, Connacht away. Connacht aren't going that well this season. No, nope, not at all. Uh, and then you've got Ulster at home. Scarlet's at home. Glasgow at home. So it's, it's, it's bloody tough. It's tough. That, that is real tough. There's, there's <laughs> no, there's no, there's no gimmies. There's no gimmies, but, you know, Edinburgh doing well at the moment. They're, most of the games are home games. So, yeah. Two, two, I mean, there's two matches against Ulster, effectively, to, to, to decide, decide it, in a way. Yeah. And then hopefully Glasgow give them the win. Yeah, yeah. Like, Ulster Al- have the win. got a hard run in as well, where they've got to play you know, Scarlet's away, Glasgow away. So There's no easy game. How good the is Pro, Pro 14. 14? What a league. <laughs> what a league. What a league the Pro 14 is. Um, but even, even the fact that they're pushing for the playoffs. It's brilliant. Yeah, it and really they'll good. go through to... It, it, they look fairly set at getting that fourth spot in their pool, which means they go into there's some sort of playoff system. Yeah, to get the last. And it would be against place. Cardiff, who are four, who are currently sitting fourth in the other pool. Um, but I've got they've only won, uh, they've not nearly They're won as many games. So you would hope that Edinburgh, if they were to go against Cardiff in some sort of playoff, would get through. Yeah, which would be very very good. Um, Speaking of tough games, in the Pro 14, Glasgow away to the Dragons. And they drew 15-0, having been... They were 10 points up at one stage, weren't they, Alan? You were watching it. Yeah, I sort of had to dip in and out of this one. But yeah, Glasgow, 10 points up and then ended up kind of drawing 15-0. And the second half was a little bit of a error-strewn, relatively sort of gritty affair. I, I, Glasgow played pretty yeah. poor, to be perfectly honest. Um, and I don't think they should be that happy leaving Newport with only two points. But on the flip side, I think they had 15 players missing on international duty in total, and Newport had two. <laughs> Newport did have Zane Kirshner at 10. He's like 50. I mean, he is really bad, but the best player in the pitch by an absolute country mile was um, Hallam Amos. Hallam Amos. Yeah, he's a good player. <laughs> George Horn is looking pretty good as well. Yeah, actually, Horn and Hastings both looked relatively good. I think I still think Hastings doesn't have the quality yet to be a sort of starting ten for Glasgow, but at least he looks like he's on that sort of trajectory. He still looks like he's yeah. continuing to improve. It's good that, getting, that they're, that combination is getting enough time as well. That Horn and Hastings partnership is getting lots of game time together, so that's uh, yeah. I think that's really encouraging. And Ferguson again stood out, mm. played really really well. Which um, another young lad think we'll get a cap in the summer, Matt Ferguson. Well, initially would have said yes, but I'm starting to think that they might give Lewis Crosby, Crosby. actually a cap. Oh, Lewis He's looking Crosby. bloody good at the moment. How quick to finish yeah. off that try against yeah. Lancaster. Yeah, I didn't really see that coming. <laughs> like a complete headless chicken. He's oh, never yeah. been set out with that much room to run. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I agree. I was, I was pretty sure. Sh- because the, te- the backs started to go after him and then sort of realised that yeah. they weren't going to make it. It must just be a great... To be a young forward and have, like, Richard Cockrell being your coach, like, it's a pretty amazing place for, for a guy like him to be. Yeah. Like, it's only going to be good for his development. I think it probably just shows why the under-20s were so good last year as well yeah. and they're so bad and are probably struggling so much oh my much. god they're so bad I know <laughs> so we've got Glasgow have Cheetahs on Friday 
Surely um, bonus point win. Well, I mean, Chichester's pretty, no, she she pretty good this year, but <laughs> and <laughs> have a few guys back from Scotland. A few fringe guys or not? Yeah, I mean, you have not, like, really. your squad players like Rui Jackson. Yeah, back. Well, I mean, I almost think if that was away, you'd expect the Cheetahs to win that. Yeah, I got overexcited with the bonus point. I still do think Glasgow will win though, and they should yeah, be winning that. They should win that. Five night lights at Scotsman, they should be winning that. Yeah, and then Ulster Edinburgh at the Kingspan, as we said. That's a hell of a game. Ulster haven't actually been that. I mean, they've just fired Les Kiss. Like, yeah, they, they've not been doing that well this season. Who gets more affected by Six Nations, Ulster or Edinburgh? I actually think Edinburgh. Probably just about Edinburgh, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> There's only two teams to choose from. Edinburgh's pack, yeah, yeah. I suppose, gets pretty yeah. pretty holiday. Apart the the from Ian Henderson and best, Stockdale. Best. And Best. It's basically about it. They've still got like Luke Marshall, McCluskey yeah, yeah. and stuff. Mm. They have a relatively strong team. Yeah. But yeah. I agree, they're not that good this year. And I don't think Edinburgh with that team should be that worried about it. No. Especially with like Bennett and Van der Meer. Yeah, they yeah. get, get themselves in the right mindset. They know that this is literally a shootout for their, their chance to get into the playoffs without mm. having to go to, uh, yeah. I mean, not just this game, but it's a, it would be a massive signal of intent mm. for them to go there and do it. Yeah. So um, what do you think is going to happen then? Give me some predictions for the um, Edinburgh versus Ulster. Alan, coming to you first. I, I mean, I was sounding very confident, but I'm relatively sure that Ulster will win that game. <laughs> yeah, Ulster, Ulster, Ulster by eight. Yeah. I think Ulster will just be a little bit too strong for Edinburgh. I think so. I think if it was at home, I'd maybe be feeling a bit different. But I think going away to um, the Kingspan is a difficult place to go. So let's say Ulster for that one. Glasgow against the Cheetahs. Glasgow by 20. What? Yeah. By 20? Are you joking? Cheetahs still have to go. You've lost your mind. Cheetahs still have to go. It's contagious. The Cheetahs still have to go all the way to Glasgow on a Friday night. That is and fair. it's looking like it's essentially but, uh, snowing maybe all, I'm being all week. Maybe I'm punchy. 15. The Cheers players are in Glasgow coming off the press <laughs> week in the snow and they're just like, what the hell are we what doing? What have we done signing up for this terrible league? The nuke hugs them and just sort of cries <laughs> as he meets them off the airport. Well, we will keep a close eye on that, guys. Um, thanks again for joining us. As we say, get onto iTunes, leave us a review, five stars, and we will read it out on the pod Speak to us on Twitter at Thistle Rugby Pods or join our burgeoning fans and sex bots on Instagram, uh, Thistle underscore rugby underscore pods. And uh, we'll be back next week to preview the England game. But for another week, that is it. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Cheers. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. 
Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.